Thanks for joining us today with another podcast from New Hope Church. We hope that you enjoy what we have for you today and find it encouraging and uplifting. If you ever want to learn more information about New Hope Church, please visit us online at myhope.life. We'd love to get to know you. Have a wonderful day and God bless. worship you hallelujah you can be seated well I'm gonna dismiss the kids to Sunday school <laughs> you go to Sunday school You want to stay in here? Well, if you want to stay in here, okay, well, totally up to you. Yeah, I better take good notes of stuff. <laughs> well, we have been in uh, the book of Acts, as you know, and um, we are in Acts chapter 14, which reminds me. We are halfway through the book of Acts today. We are in Acts chapter 14. Oh, yeah? Oh. <laughs> you, you have to pay attention, but you don't get to talk, okay? <laughs> it's not like Sunday school. I get to do all the talking, and you have to listen. <laughs> Only sometimes do I ask for feedback. <laughs> yes. Hallelujahs and amens are okay. <laughs> uh, I told them, I was like, well, you guys, can, you guys can stay in here or you can go to Sunday school. And Ashley printed them off little uh, handouts so that they can take notes. They're really cool. Um, and so that is what they're doing. Oh, I left my notes over here. It's hard to preach without notes. I was like, what am I missing? Well, we are going to do a little recap so everyone's on the same page. Last week, we talked about being mission-minded. As a church, it's important that we are mission-minded. If we're not mission-minded, I feel like we uh, fail in fulfilling the Great Commission. And so I believe that we should be changed internally in such a way that we begin to reach people outside of our comfort zone. I believe that when God begins to change us on the inside, that we will begin to reach people on the outside. Things that were not natural, things that were not what we always did, we will begin to do and people will begin to recognize things that we do. And they're like, wow, why are you doing these things? Why are you changing? Because when God changes us on the inside, we begin to have a change that happens on the outside. And so as I recap here, this is from last week of Acts chapter 13, and then we'll be moving into Acts chapter 14. And so we have to be willing to reach the next town, not just right here. We have to be willing to reach the next person, not just the person sitting next to us, but the next person and the next person. There's got to be, it's, it's got to be more than just me. It's got to be more than just my home. It's got to be people. We've got to have a passion to reach people. And so... Being a Christian is more than being a member of a church. And so I was writing, as I was putting this together, I was, um, I was like, well, this is a little bit more than a recap. This is like a whole message in itself. So I didn't put this in last, this has nothing to do with last week's topic. But so here's something new from last, that should have been in last week's message. Um, <laughs> to be a part of a Christian is to be a part of an active body. We're supposed to be the hands and feet of Jesus, but Jesus had more, ha more than hands and feet, right? He, he, had, he had intestines. He had, Betty, you said, sometimes I feel like I'm a liver. liver, right? But you know what? Like there is no part of the body that's insignificant. I always thought, you know, I used to work in the medical field and I was like, we always did appendectomies at night. It was always a stat appendectomy. So appendectomies, did you know there is, 36 to 1 
appendectomy, meaning there's 36 appendectomies done to one appendicitis. I was, I was like, what? That means that they really didn't have appendicitis when the appendectomy was done, that they were doing it as preventative surgery, but it was justifiable. So it was inflamed, but antibiotics could have probably taken care of it, maybe taken care of it. So I was reading about this yesterday because I was like, at first I was like, maybe the appendix is the only thing in the Bible that doesn't serve a purpose or in the body that doesn't serve a purpose, but it actually has a purpose. And I didn't realize this. So I was doing some studying and I, I was like, well, let me search and see what it is. And I know this is not like the most scholarly research, but I, I looked up and Healthline and WebMD said the same things and their stuff came from scholarly research. So I just accepted it as, you know, reputable-ish. Um, and so anyways, I, I went ahead and quoted it in my message. And in, anyways, the, um, the appendix stores good bacteria that helps your um, intestines reboot after a diarrhea illness. And I was like, whoa. And here we go cutting these things out. Like, oh, they have no purpose. And they do have a little bit of a purpose. It doesn't seem like much until you need it. But they reboot after that mess. Now I started thinking about this and I was like, wow. Some people are like, oh, I have no purpose in the body. I'm just here to fill a seat wrong. Don't let anyone ever tell you you don't have a purpose in the body of Christ. It doesn't matter if you're an appendectomy or an appendix. If you're an appendix, you better own that. You better own it if you're a liver. If you're, if, if you're the intestines, you better own it because Jesus had it. And we know what? The church needs the intestines. The church needs the liver. The church needs the appendix. The church needs everything. Because when someone gets down and out and someone is, is struggling, you know what they need? They need a reboot. And sometimes you can be the reboot in their life that points them to Jesus. I never thought about that before, but I was like, wow, every person serves a vital part in the church. Don't ever tell yourself that, oh, I'm not important. Oh, I'm not, I can't do something in church. Just because you don't stand up here and preach or teach does not mean you don't serve a portion in the church. You know how much this time takes me? Like 5% of my life is spent right here. The majority of my ministry is with people, is one-on-one, is, -on -one, is talking to people. That's 95% of my ministry. 5% is behind the pulpit. If you desire this right here, you're desiring the wrong thing. Desire people. Desire to connect with people, and you will have more than enough. Desire to connect with the King of Kings and Lord of Lords and have a mission-minded, and you will be mission-minded. So, the next time you begin to think that you're insignificant to the body, you're wrong. You have purpose. You have a place. And so, I thought that was a pretty good recap. Add a little bit in there. You have purpose in the body. As many times as you've been told, oh, no, no, you don't have purpose. They were wrong because the word of God says otherwise. If, if you were a prostitute, Rahab was too. And Rahab is part of the lineage of Jesus Christ. If you were a murderer, it's okay. The guy we're talking about today, Paul, he was too. If you ain't got it all together, it's okay. There's a lot of people in the Bible that don't have it all together. If you're a fisherman, you qualify to be used by Jesus. So that's what I like, to look at the word of God, stay in the Bible, and you realize you have a purpose. So, it's a pretty good recap. <laughs> Add a few things in there from last week. <laughs> Should have been in there last week. <laughs> we've, got a we've got to be mission-minded, and being mission-minded is knowing that each of us share in the work that God has for us. It's not just my job. It's not just your job. It's our job as a church. We have got to work together. I, I, can't, I can't reach every single person. Not every single Sunday. Am I going to reach every single person? We work together. I can't do it. I can't do everything. 
you know what? I heard, I heard something at church, before church. And, and for like two seconds, like I was like, what? How dare this? And, and it's totally fine. I, Betty gets up here and she talks. And man, sometimes she comes up here and she says some things that are like right in my, my notes. And Jennifer was like, oh man, Betty, sometimes you say things and it's like what I needed. And then Zach gets up and says something and it's like, it's not what I needed. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> and I, like, I had to take myself back for a second. Good. Thank God. That's the way it should. I mean, not always, but <laughs> I pray the Lord, let me also deliver something. That she, <laughs> I know, <laughs> I know, I know, <laughs> I know, but like, I was, I know I took it out of context. Myself took it out of context, but I was thinking for a second, I was like, dear God, that is awesome. Because that's the way it should be because I can't always reach someone because I'll be at a level in my life at some point where I can't reach, but you will have gone something through that week that reaches Ashley, but I'll give something that reaches you. And because of that, we're doing the job to get, that's how the church is supposed to work. Like when I look at the book of Acts, they were working together. When we go through this today, you will see they were working together. I, I love this chapter that we're in today. It is, it's amazing. It's powerful. And so as we go in this, we're going to start at chapter 14, verses one through two, as we go through this. And I just want to pray because I believe God has something special today. God, I pray you would touch this service. God, I pray that you would help me, God, to deliver your word. God, I pray that you would touch each and every one of us. God, move in this service today. God, touch us in Jesus' name. Amen. My throat is super dry today. <sighs> huh? It's going to snow. It's already snowed. <laughs> Russ, Russell didn't tell me it was going to snow more. So I don't know, but I saw it in the weather that it is. So Acts chapter 14, verses 1 and 2, it says, In Iconium, they entered the Jewish synagogue as usual and spoke in such a way that a great number of both Jews and Greeks believed. But the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brothers. I hate this when I see this in the church. One body, right? One body. But yet sometimes the body tries to poison itself and kill itself and cut things off that shouldn't be cut off because every part of the body has a purpose. Oh, Jen, I don't like your attitude. Let me try and cut you off of the body. Let me figure out a way to get you out. I don't like this part of the body. It's too crazy, right? <laughs> we need the crazy. <laughs> I need Jen to come to church with her energy. And when she's down and out, scream, Jesus, hallelujah. I need that because even though it sometimes... No, never, never that just makes me just sometimes makes me jump because I wasn't ready for it. Just like, whoa, it's 11 a.m. service and I'm not ready for it in the 11 a.m. service in the 2 p.m. I'm expecting it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but sometimes <laughs> I, I love it because like it just like opens up and it's just like, yes, that's exactly what we need more than anything is Jesus to rush in here and to fill this place with his spirit. And so, I hate to see it. Oh, oh, hey, you need to be quiet. Oh, no, don't do that. Don't do that. And we can poise. Oh, because of my preconceived notions, I should, I should be a church mouse. Now, I don't see that anywhere. And when David praised the Lord, he got boisterous. And then when the Jews became Christians, they were still the same people. Right? It was still the people that in the Old Testament when they came and they were called Christians in Antioch uh, back a couple chapters, they still understood the praising of God. They still understood the stringed instruments and organs. They still understood that mindset to worship God. They still understood that. And so I still believe Today, we are to worship God, and there is still power in worshiping, but we must worship him in spirit and in truth. It's not just however any way, but it's to worship him in spirit and in truth. 
And so, I hate when I see people begin to poison. We can do it well-meaning, but when we allow ourselves rather than God to lead, it's always wrong. I can't allow myself to get in the way of the word of God. And sometimes I can let God's word lead me or I can allow Zach to lead me. And a lot of times I mistakenly let myself lead me rather than his word. But his word should be a light unto my path, not me trying to lead myself. So what is being preached should never contradict the word of God. And when it does, it's likely the individual has missed a vital portion of our becoming Christ-like in Romans 12, 1 and 2. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, as I go throughout the week, as I begin to study for this, and we talked on Tuesday at our Bible study, I study differently. I listen over and over to the scripture. Like I, I turn on Acts chapter 14 and I listen to it over and over and over and over and over again. And that's how I do like every chapter. And so by the end of the week, I, I, I kind of know like each portion of the scripture. And uh, I start to draw connections with other portions of the Bible. And that's where it brings me to Romans 12, 1 and 2. There's an importance in being, one, not conformed to this world, and two, having our minds transformed. If I'm conformed to the world, my mind is not going to be Christ-like. Two, if I'm trying to follow Christ, I must have my mind transformed. I must have my mind renewed God, renew my mind, renew my heart that I would follow you so that I would follow your perfect will. It can't be my will, but your will. I want to prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I pray this. God, never let my mind, my heart be poisoned against you, any of you, and that your hearts never be poisoned against me. I say this frequently. Check me. Read your Bible. Study the word of God. Make sure that I stay in the word of God. Check me. Hey, after the service, like, hey, Zach, you quoted this scripture, but the connection, I don't see it. Let's talk about it. I seriously believe in that because it's important. I want to stay in the word of God, and I believe you should stay in the word of God. And I know it challenges you that if you study the word of God and help me, it will help me study the word of God. Checks and balances. I view you as my brothers and sisters in Christ. In verse 3 it says, So they stayed there a long time and spoke boldly for the Lord, who testified to the message of his grace by enabling them to do signs and wonders. But the people of the city were divided, some siding with the Jews and others with the apostles. It didn't matter to them. They stayed and preached the gospel. We see this though, like the church gets divided. I've like, seriously, I've been, I've been in churches that get divided over seat colors. I've been, yeah, I've been, I've been in churches get upset about wall colors, carpet colors, like pulpit style. Like, like seriously, I've been, I've been like, like nitpicky stuff. And I'm like, and I was one of them. They got like, I think we should do it this way. Well, like, I'm still probably kind of like that in some, some sense. You know, like, hey, I really think we should do it this way. But you know what? If you're all like, I don't think we should. I'm probably like, okay, to a certain extent. But like, I've seen it like the nitpicky things. Like, can we just like agree? Like, like this, like all the other things. Like the color of the chairs and the carpet, if it's, if it's clean, and I know the carpets, I messed it up with candles last week. I'll clean it up eventually and, and stuff. I don't, I don't know how to get candles out of carpet and stuff, but I'll clean it. Rochelle, 
we'll clean it. But I, I try and vacuum the carpet and between services. Well, Rochelle does sometimes, and I do it sometimes, and Ashley does it sometimes. And we try and keep it looking clean and stuff in here. And, and then we clean after church. And, you know, we try and keep it looking nice. But, like, it doesn't matter about the carpet. I say, bring your muddy shoes in here. I would rather you bring your dirty shoes, spill coffee on the floor, and hear the gospel of Jesus than to say, oh, I can't go in there because I'm dirty. Sit your dirty butt down on the chair and listen to the gospel. <laughs> I want you to hear the gospel of Jesus because it will change your life whether you're clean or whether you're dirty. We need the sinner and the saint in church because too many times we've got saints sitting in church thinking they've got it all figured out when they're just as messed up as the person on the corner. I remember when I came into the church after struggling with drugs. I, I remember and, and I was like, I, I was trying to give my life back to God. I was trying to lay it back on the line. And, and I remember like watching people that had it all figured out in the church. And it was so hard to try and just serve God and like give it everything up. Like, cause here was my, my mindset was like, if I could just get my fix, like it was, it was satisfying things. Like, that's why I was relying on that because it was, I was covering up the pain and emotions. To rely on God was to have to deal with things. But to some, it's, well, I've got Jesus. I have a relationship. And now I just need to figure everything else out. And so we come to church as if it's like, it becomes like our fix. And church can't be the fix. Now, I love church. I do. I, I love it. I believe church is important, but it, church can't be the fix. The relationship with God has got to be the fix. I've got to live my relationship outside of this place. This should be the place where I come and get a little bit to encourage and to minister and to help. And then when I go out into the world and when I go out into this place, I am going to serve and I am going to see other people's lives change because I've had that internal change and I'm mission-minded because of the renewing of my mind. And so when I see these stories here in the book of Acts, they were stories about church planning. They were stories about encouraging people in God. And, and I'm looking at this and I'm like, man, they were, they were enabled to do signs and wonders. So I will always stand for the word of God and never back down because I believe this is the greatest message. I said this in the first service. You will never probably rarely see me get up, especially on social media, and, and talk about the political world other than it's crazy and Republicans and Democrats need Jesus. And I pray to God that this place is full of people you don't agree with. I pray that this place is full of people I don't agree with because they need Jesus. I want this place to be full of Democrats. I want this place to be full of Republicans. I want this place to be full of independence because all people on all sides need Jesus. There isn't just one right side because look at it. Look at it. Every one of them needs Jesus. You can say that, oh, they all have it. No, I would dare say many of them have turned to some worthless things. Many of them have turned to some things and sold themselves to some things that they shouldn't have. And they have lost some relationships with God. They've turned to some things that they shouldn't have. And I would dare say that there are many people in our political parties who have walked away from their relationship with God because they have looked to power and to ownership in, in, in something that they should never have. And so I will always stand on the word of God because this right here is what will change lives. This right here is what will save souls. This right here is what will take the addictions away. This is right here what will save marriages. This right here will do a world of good more than any other political party, more than any other thing in this world. This right here. You will never hear me preach politics. I'll give disclaimers that everyone needs Jesus. And that's the truth. Every single person needs Jesus and the word of God. So activating faith in Listeria, man, in the first service, I could not say that word. 
a man was sitting who was without strength in his feet, had never walked and had been lame from birth. He listened as Paul spoke. After looking directly at him, seeing that he had faith to be healed, Paul said in a loud voice, stand up on your feet. And he jumped up and began to walk around. Now, as I was listening to these scriptures throughout the week, the first time I listened to him, I was like, oh, cool. Lame man gets healed. Second time, oh, cool. Lame man gets healed. You know, all the other stuff, the division. I picked up on those things. <coughs> After probably the, I don't know, the 15th time, something stood out to me in this scripture. And it's in verse 9. He listened as Paul spoke. And then after looking directly at him and seeing that he had faith to be healed, I was like, whoa, he saw something. Paul said in a loud voice, stand up on your feet. This dude has not walked since he was born. He was lame from birth. Now, you know, I'm a firm believer in the Bible. Everything I believe, I believe I can back up in the Bible. So James 2.14 says, what good is it? My brothers, if someone says he has faith, but does not have works, can that faith save him? What was going on that day? What was happening that day? I know that Paul is led by the spirit. Okay, that, that I know. He's full of the spirit. So that was leading him. But it says he saw something in him. That was one thing. But also, the man had listened to what was preached. And so something in his heart caused a response, and that increased his faith. And because of that, there was an outward expression of something taking place on the inside. And Paul was able to see the faith that was on the inside because there was action. And it was God revealing that to him. There was something going on and Paul could see what was going on in the lame man's life. And I was like, whoa, what is taking place here? It's just like, it just stood out to me like this light bulb, like... What if he would, what, what was he doing? What was the lame man doing? That's the only thing I could think about. What was the lame, was the lame man crying? Oh Lord, I need you. Was he not worried about his ankles? Was he worried about his salvation? Oh Lord, I need a relationship with you. What was it that was going on? What was it that was going on in his mind, in his situation that was like, Paul recognized, and I was, I was almost like, wow. And so I'm looking at this, and I began to think. I, I talk about this often, about gathering at the altar, and, and, and I always say, hey, you know what? You don't have to be messed up. To, to come up here, you're going to be perfectly fine to come up here. It's for everybody. Like whenever we end the service and stuff, I'm like, hey, it's for everybody. You know what? I, I say this too. Like if, if God's moving in your life, sometimes you just need that like step. Like it's, it's, the, it's the, you're like, okay, Zach, why do I need to move from my seat? Normally I give everyone a high-pitched voice. Today I'm giving you a deep voice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Josh has a deeper voice than me. <laughs> Sometimes it's like, why do I need to move from my seat? I'm like, I'm here. I can feel God here. I know. I absolutely know that. But I, I don't understand in my own mind, but there is something like about the, like the, the commitment to like the, the step of faith, like in like the changing the uh, environment, changing the place where I'm at, Okay, I'm going here. Whether it's in worship, whether it's in during the preaching, whatever it is, you know, sometimes it's just like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to step out. I'm just, God, I need you to touch me. God, I, I need something today. God, I am, I'm struggling. 
having the faith to go and get it. I look at the lame man. He couldn't walk up there, but there was something. It's like his spirit was like, I've got to get where I need to be in my relationship. We know that God can move in our family, in our, in our city, in our friends. We know that he can move in our schools, in, in our homes, in our, in, in our relationships. We know that he can do that. And sometimes we have a hard time making the connection of changing our mind and making the connection, God, I need you. And God's waiting for us to take that step. And sometimes it needs to be a physical. And you're like, Zach, why are you just preaching to me to come to the altar? I'm not preaching to you to come to the altar. But I'm just saying sometimes it makes a difference to take two steps from where you were and to move to someplace else. It really does. It makes a change in your, in your mindset. God, I, 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 this, this is what I got today. I got two steps for you. God, that's, that's all I got today. God, I, I need your presence. God, this is, this, is, this is the amount of commitment I got today. But God, I know that if I can make one step, God, I know that you can make three more, God. I, I know that if I can just make one step, God, I know that you can make another for me, God. I, I need you, God, and I'm willing. If I'm willing to make one step, God, can you make another? And I see this, I see this man in faith, and I want to have some active faith in my life. I, I don't want to have dead faith. I want to have active faith that, that I, I get down into the ground and I begin to plant my faith and see it grow and see things come out of it that I never thought could be possible. I want to see my grain of mustard seed blossom. I want to see it grow and begin to touch other people's lives. Dead faith isn't good enough for me. I got to have living and active faith in my life. There's times I look at people and I go, wow, I want to go pray for them. But I'm a scared because I didn't see him move. <laughs> and you're like, well, Zach, you can come pray for me anytime you want. I, I know, like, I'm sure anyone would say that to me, but like, sometimes I'm like, but you didn't like, and so sometimes it's like, you know, Jason, I'm praying that you get your deer today. God, give Jason a deer today. Big, big buck and doe. <laughs> I believe it's appropriate and important to respond. And if you feel it in your heart, it's always right. Whether the music's played in the middle of the preaching, it doesn't matter. It's always the right time. God, I need you. Whether you bow, whether you stand there with your hands raised, it don't matter. You don't look silly. And I can guarantee you, if you, if you make the move, someone is coming right behind you. You make the move, someone's right behind you. I promise you, you will never. Can we make that promise in this church that if someone makes it up here, they will never be alone? I make that promise that if you come up here, you will never be alone. I will put my guitar down. I will, I will leave. If no one comes up here, I will leave and I'll come to you. I make that promise that, that, that no one will ever be alone in this altar. I know it can be, I can know it can be scary. It can be a nerve wracking to come up here and be like, oh, okay, I'm alone. Now everyone's staring at me. No, you're not alone because when you turn around, there's going to be six people behind you. I saw someone come up today in the 11 a.m. And there literally was like six people behind him because they made a step of faith. So here, just like Paul and Barnabas, when God uses you, make sure you let people know that you're people too. Okay? They got so caught up in what had happened. They were ready to sacrifice as if they were Zeus and Hermes. They said, Paul, you're, you're Hermes because you're the chief speaker. And Barnabas, you're Zeus. They thought the gods had come down to them because of what had happened. The people didn't understand what was going on. They tried to put it into their mindset. Oh, these are gods. No, they're preaching about the one true God. In verse 14, it says the apostles, Barnabas and Paul, tore their robes when they heard this and rushed into the crowd shouting, People, why are you doing these things? 
we are people also just like you. And we are proclaiming good news to you that you turn from these worthless things to the living God who made the heaven and earth and sea and everything in them. There's things here that I, I really am drawn to. People, why are you doing these things? We are people also. I like that. We are people also. You are people. I'm a person. When God uses you or I, I am a person being led by God. You are a person being led by God. When God uses you to preach a word, to teach a word, to speak a word, to do something, you're a person. Give God glory. You're a people. But also, sometimes we turn to worthless things. How many of us have set worthless things up in our lives? Just like these people, Zeus and Hermes. They were going to sacrifice to these men. And it blows my mind here. What happens is these next portions of scripture. These men tried to preach the gospel. They barely stopped the crowd from sacrificing to them. Turn from these worthless things. And how many of these worthless things in our lives do we harbor? That we set before God. Anything that we raise higher than God is an idol. God, never let me put something before you. God, my relationship with you has got to be number one priority. God, what is at the center of my life? I want you at the center of my life, at the center of my family. I want you to revolve. I want, to, I want everything in my life to revolve around you, God. I know I have things sometimes, it's a fight, but I can't, I, I got to give it in, turn it over to him. And so I challenged the, the, the first service. I'm going to challenge you guys. This week, I, I want to challenge you guys. I, this is how I study. I, I, I listen to my Bible and I read my Bible each week, making connections. I, I want to challenge you to, we're going to be in Acts chapter 15 next week the dispute in Antioch. And I want to challenge you, read Acts chapter 15 or listen to Acts chapter 15 every day. Find scriptures, make connections with other scriptures in the Bible. One time, 10 times, I don't care, every time, every morning. Get up, God, open my mind to what you want me to see in here. And I can guarantee you next week when I preach, Things will just like pop out to you. <laughs> things just stand out like a sore thumb. I'm like this thing here that I'm reading and I'm just like, man, this is just like sticking out like a, like a light bulb. I'm like, my word, like you whack your thumb with a, with a hammer where you can't hold it anymore when you're no hammer and nails, you're holding on to it with your two fingers, <laughs> you know? Um, <laughs> it, it's exactly what it's like when you, when you, like all of a sudden you just have this stand out to you and, and, and this brings us back to that portion of the chapter in the beginning when the Jews tried to poison the new believers. And this same is true today. If you don't get it in deep in your heart, unfortunately, some will succeed to poison the minds of people. The church must be rooted in truth. And in Proverbs 23, verse 23, it says, buy the truth and sell it not. Also wisdom and instruction and understanding. In verse 19, it says, some Jews came from Antioch and Iconium, and when they had won over the crowds, they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, thinking he was dead. After the disciples gathered around him, he got up and went into the town the next day. He left with Barnabas for Darby. You know what blows my mind is these Jews like got onto the side of the people who were going to sacrifice to them. Like it just, it blows my mind. Like they were so against what they were doing that they were willing to buy into something that was completely against what they were, what they believed. Like they were so against that they would do something that they were against to like, stop this. Like, like that's two wrongs. Don't make a right. Honey, you're wrong. Still, <laughs> you're just dead wrong now. <laughs> <laughs> and so like I, I'm looking at this and, and, and 
So they stoned Paul. They didn't even do a good job at it. And uh, so today I want to leave you encouraged. Yeah, well, if you don't, if you don't kill him, you, he wasn't dead. So they didn't do a good job. <laughs> they thought he was dead. Check his pulse, man. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that wasn't a thing back in the day. Maybe God protected him. Maybe they did check his pulse. You know what? God protected him. Okay. Just saying. Don't read things into the Bible that aren't there. <laughs> I want to uh, leave you encouraged today, though. And this is, this is something that, uh, as I'm reading here, even though you're, you're going through hardships, they still preach the gospel. Even though they were going through all these hardships, even though Paul was stoned, man, it cannot feel good getting hit with some rocks, can it? Imagine that. You know what stoned means? You know what getting stoned means? Yeah, do you know what stoned means? Like, you get hit with rocks. Oh, no. They, they took big rocks and threw them at them. Yeah, that's what getting stoned means. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Um, um, <laughs> they, so they threw big rocks at him and they hit him with those big rocks, okay? And, uh, and so they tried to kill him. And so even though he was going through all those hard things, they still preached the gospel. So even though you go through hard things at school, do you go through hard things at school? You still preach the gospel, though. You still got to preach the gospel. Even though you go through hard things, you still got to preach the gospel. Okay? So, but here is something to leave you encouraged, to leave everyone encouraged today. In, in Acts 14 and 21, it says, after they had preached the gospel in that town and had made many disciples, they were successful. They returned to Listeria, to Iconium, and to Antioch. Strengthening the disciples. This is how they strengthened them, the disciples, by encouraging them to continue in the faith and by telling them, it is necessary to go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. I want to remind you, when you are sitting there in the morning and you're trying to decide do I scroll Facebook or do I listen to the Bible? Sometimes you're going to have to tell yourself it is necessary to go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. And you're like, oh, Zach, that's, that's, that's funny. <laughs> that's not even my hardship. <laughs> I know. I know. Keep it light. <laughs> imagine this. Imagine, imagine in that day what their hardship was. They didn't get to come into a building playing the guitar, screaming and shouting and worship. They had to do it quietly. Oh Lord, and worship. Their prayer had to be quiet in a whisper. They had to do it in a closed room. They probably had to cover up the windows, put pillows on the windows to her, try and block the sound because maybe the God, God would begin to move and, and they just, they, they didn't want to, they didn't want to get too loud because what if someone heard them and, and, and began to tell someone, the chief priests and the elders, and then all of a sudden the Roman centurions are beating on the door and trying to arrest them. Could you imagine that? But it's necessary to go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. Boy, we're so privileged today. We're so privileged today. But it's necessary when you face temptation to resist the enemy and to flee. That's still true. It's still true to live a separate life from the world. It's still true to not be conformed to the world. And sometimes it's still a struggle to make the decision to not be conformed to the world. Sometimes it's still a struggle to allow our minds to be renewed by Christ. Sometimes it's still hard to try and be Christ-like. Sometimes it's hard to buy the truth and to sell it not because we buy it and then we're like, oh, what else can I get? What else can I get for this? Let, oh, let me get this. Oh, I like this. I like my past so much better. I 
I would rather be here in my bondage and my persecution because this is familiar. But that's not what God called you to be. You're not worthless. God called you for a purpose. He's called you for something greater than what you've ever done before. He's called you because he has a purpose and a plan for your life, for your family's life. So many people are sitting on the sidelines because they've been told and they begin to think in their minds that they don't have anything, any purpose, any plan. And God is sitting here saying, I have got something for you. I just need you to say yes. I just need you to take the step. But you're so afraid and you're so scared and you, and you just can't take that step of faith. But God is saying, don't worry if you'll just take the step of faith. I'm going to be there if you'll just take that step of faith. I've got you. It's necessary. Doing the work of God is worth every hardship. I'll do what it takes to make it. Are you willing to stand? Make a stand like the disciples. Never back down. So your family can be saved. So your neighbors can be saved. So your school can be saved. So your coworkers can be saved. Maybe you feel a little bit like the lame man, but you've been listening. Allow the faith to be activated today. Take that next step. Don't sit on the sidelines with your relationship with God. Everything else is worthless. Your relationship with him is everything. Because nothing else matters. The plan that he has for your life is everything. That's it. Verse 27. Probably one of the coolest scriptures in this. After they arrived and gathered the church together, they reported everything God had done with them. And that he had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. I want the door of faith opened in my life. I want the door of faith opened in your life. I need active faith. And the only way that door of faith will ever be opened is if I have a perspective shift. And he is at the center of my life. God, I pray right now that you would move in this place. God, that you would just begin to touch. God, that you would have your way. You know what you need today. You know where you are at in your life. And you know the struggles that you're facing and the problems that you the problems that you that you've had the situations that you've faced and I just want to challenge you to seek him Jesus be the center at the center of it all Jesus at the center of it all From beginning to the end It will always be It's always been you Jesus Jesus Nothing else matters Center of my 
Jesus 